Welcome to Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things. I'm your host, Carrie Roberts, and I'll be showing you how average, everyday people have chosen to make positive changes in their life to accomplish what makes them happy. I hope this podcast will allow you to feel a connection with people who have something in common with you and make you realize you can have the life you want. Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome today. My guest is Brittany Jean Valent. How are you, Brittany? I'm well, thanks. How are you, Carrie? Good. So we actually scheduled this podcast, what, like two or three years ago, and it was right before you had your first baby, and now you're about to have another kid. So I think it's interesting (laughs) that we've timed this just about (laughs) the same time, right? Right. It's probably like just weeks apart in the pregnancies, yeah. (laughs) That's craziness. Well, I wanted to bring you on because not only are you a mom, but you're a singer-songwriter, and I wanted to kind Mm -hmm. of talk about that journey. So first, kind of tell me where your love for music and singing and songwriting came from. Was that something you always enjoyed as a kid? Well, when I was little, you know, we always listened to music together. It was just me and my sisters and my mom. Um, and uh, I don't know, at some point we all decided to start singing together. And a big part of that love came from, yes, Hanson. Uh, yes. Hanson entered the picture in what, like 1990-something. With their and hit? What is their hit? Mbop, right? Mbop, yeah. Yes. And... I think it was then that me and my sisters were like really trying to sing together. Me, mostly me and my middle sister, like we're all two years apart. So I'm the youngest. And so we would sing and we thought we were so great. We thought we'd meet Hanson because we were like good singers. And um, it's just kind of funny because, you know, you know, and I'm sure I'll talk about it again. Like eventually I ended up opening for Hanson and uh, which was just such a huge dream of ours. But um, my sister got a guitar in high school, and I didn't want anything to do with guitar. It wasn't on my radar. But um, she got a guitar for Christmas, and I just took to it really quickly. And I started writing songs, and I was really interested in it. And um, my dad was a poet, um, and I have a lot of poetry of his, and I would, like, turn his poems into songs. And, and you know, it all kind of came from there. and. I've been lucky enough to have people push me along the way, mostly my current bandmate, Will. Um, but I would say, yeah, like, ever since I was little, you know, oldies 100, I would say that was, you know, a real push to love music and love, I don't know, just singing and being together with people. Yeah. Now, when you did music, was it something, like you said, that like you just kind of figured out on your own, or did you take lessons and study it in high school or college, or how did you kind of learn the skills in order to perform? Uh, well, I never took lessons that I can remember. Um, we would always just sing for fun, and when we learned guitar, my sister taught me, like, you know, the basics of what a chord even meant, and then I just looked at books and figured out how to play chords. And uh, I was a violin player, but I really stink. And people think I'm being modest, but I'm so bad at violin, but I really loved it. So I kept playing it. And um, I, I just never really, even with violin, I never really understood how to read music. It was just something that didn't make sense to me. I don't know why. And so I've always had to rely mostly on like learning my own way, using my ear. And um, when I got to college, 
I thought just because I had been songwriting so much that I'd be really good at music theory. <laughs> but music theory is so hard and so different than anything that I expected. And uh, so long story short, no, I never had like the formal training of anything besides like a few lessons of violin, which didn't go very well. That's funny. And I, you know, it's interesting because when I talk to people that are in the arts, it always, always started with just like this passion and love for it and just a fun thing. And so when did it start to, did you decide that, okay, I want this to be more than a hobby. I think I want to maybe write some songs. I think I want to perform. When did that start to happen? Uh, well, when I was in high school and I started writing songs, like, I don't know, anyone in high school, I feel like you have the bigger than big dreams. Like you want to be an actress, you want to be a rock star. And so that was kind of like my childhood dream to grow up and be a rock star. But I would say, as I started performing in college, well, maybe not even until after college, it's kind of crazy, the timeline. I just wrote songs. Well, so, okay. High school, I had the crazy dream. I think I went to college and I kind of forgot about my dream. But then, as I mentioned before, my current bandmate, Will, we met in college. And every couple of months, he would, like, nag me with a message on Facebook and say like music. And that's all he'd say, like just to keep me on task because he thought that I should be doing music. But I was into, you know, sports and other things at the time. But it wasn't until my first year teaching after college that I really took it seriously. And it's because that we won that Hanson contest to open for Hanson. And it wasn't until then that I really thought, oh, okay, like, in my actual life, like after school, is this something that I can do and want to do? And it just came about because we won that, that contest open for Hanson. And um, it was really just me, but I asked Will if he would come with me. And he asked his best friend if he would come. And so for two weeks, we all rehearsed as a band. And uh, we, you know, we had never played together before. And then the show, we just, felt like it went so well and I remember immediately after taking the stage we met backstage and we all like high-fived and we're like let's do this and I think that was strangely enough the moment that uh, it really clicked and I really felt like I could go somewhere with it and that I really wanted it to be in my life more than it had. So now let's go back because everybody wants to know about the Hanson story so tell us about what the contest was or how you went about that, how you found out how you won and what the experience was like to meet and play with them. Right. <laughs> I know it's such a, a funny story, but it is such a huge part of my life because it's such a big deal. Um, it was an online contest. Very strange. Just Hanson decided out of the blue that they were going to do this huge tour and that they were going to let anybody audition to be the opening acts at every city and so they used this website and you would like enter a song and people would vote on it and if you got to the number one place in the votes you know this was like I feel like the internet you know is constantly changing and getting crazier every day but I feel like this was like even before all these other voting and donation sites there was this site and uh 
if you got to the first place by a certain date, the Hanson would review the song and decide if they like accepted you or not. And uh, I was lucky enough to somehow get voted to the first spot. You know, I really like told everyone that I was an actual Hanson fan. Like I had already bought and bought and I had already bought tickets to this Hanson concert, whether or not I uh, won the contest. And so, you know, it would just been a, uh, just the cooler thing to do would be to actually open for them. And I remember waiting cause we got first place. Uh, well, you know, let me, I guess I have to backtrack a little bit. So, when I found out about the contest, it was like the summer after my first year teaching and I asked Will to help me record a song. And so that's the song that we put in there, Will help me record it. And uh, I remember waiting to hear back after we got first place, because we had to wait for a phone call. And I was at Kings Dominion, Kings Dominion with my dad and we missed the phone call from the people. And I was like, oh my gosh, we missed this most important phone call in my life. But luckily they called back and they said Hanson listened to the song and they said, okay. And um, just that fact alone that Hanson listened to the song blew my mind. And, uh, you know, I don't know really where I was on the day that I met Hanson. And what I mean by that is that I seem calm and like cool and collected in the video, but I, I can't remember really sitting there. I think it was just so bigger than life for me uh just because the whole experience they like did an interview beforehand so I got to sit down with them and then I got to open for them after that so it was a really big day I didn't eat anything because I was so nervous uh but it was a it was a dream come true and they were super nice and uh I don't know I just I I don't I listened back to it and it's not particularly like the best music because I was just you know really starting out being serious but it felt like the best performance of my life either way. And it really shaped, you know, what I was going to start doing, you know, up until now. And like I said, Will and I, we still do music. And it, that was just a pivotal point for us. That's so cool. That has to be neat to kind of meet someone, you know, you sang to their songs as a kid. And now you're sitting in that same room and you get to play with them. What did they um, say? Did they say anything about your music or you guys or what they thought uh, in person at all? <laughs> well, well, so that's where, like, I don't talk about that part as much because Taylor Hanson tends to think that if you want to do music, like, you have to, you know, drop everything and, and be a starving artist. Which, you know, I guess I can agree with, but, um, you know, he, he kind of said to me like, oh, you know, it's great that you're a teacher and that you do music on the side, which is exactly what I was doing. But it's hard to explain. He was a little condescending about it because I've heard him talk about this before, you know, like that I wouldn't be a teacher if I wanted to do music. And I don't know, I think what I've come to really love about myself is that I'm not like a super famous artist and I may never be, but I love that I am a teacher, I'm a mom, I'm an athlete, and I do music. And I just think that's even cooler. And, you know, um, I didn't really grow up in a in a huge musical household. Like me and my sisters love to sing, but, you know, my my mom, 
she's not the most musical person, but but then again, she does play the accordion, except she never plays it anymore. But let me say, for the record, my mom is a great accordion player. Um, but um, now I lost my train of thought because I'm so excited about the accordion. But <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't even well, know. I think, uh, we were at, you know, he, you said that uh, one of the Hanson brothers felt that you kind of had to go all in to be a true artist. Oh, um, right. And I think, you know, in response to what you're saying, which I think is just a very mature adult outlook, uh, and, and let me know if you agree with this, that I think sometimes, and this is not just an art, this isn't any career thing that we want to do. We think that we look at people on Instagram or we look at celebrities or we look at friends or family and we see the highlight of their life and they think like, we have to live our life that way or we have to do it the way they did it. But I think it's really right. um, says a lot about you as a person to say, no, you know, that's great that that's how you did it, but this is how I want to do it. And I'm happy with that. Right. No, I, I totally agree with that. I think there's many different ways to be a musician or an artist, just like there are many different ways to write a song. Like recently, one of my favorite singer songwriters said, you know, he defined what a song was. And I felt like it was really unfair. Like you can't, really define what a song is yourself you know a song is different for every person that writes it and uh I think it's just the same thing uh you know it doesn't look the same for every person and it doesn't have to yeah and I think that's the beauty of art as well that it can be a variety of things it's your interpretation of it exactly so now when yeah. you decided kind of after this Hanson thing and um, you decide, okay, I want to pursue it a little bit more. I don't want to do it full time, but I definitely want to go more all in. How did your demeanor change? Like, were you doing more shows? Were you recording an album? How did it kind of change to take it to the next level? Oh, it changed very fast. Cause I told you like after the show, we high fived and we're like, let's do this. Let's be a band. And uh, within, I would say two months, two or three months, we were in, uh, a recording studio called Inner Ear, which is a pretty well-known, uh, famous, or, you know, just well-liked studio. Uh, and we were recording our first EP. And so it all happened very fast and it was very exciting. And we were playing shows and I, you know, I had never played shows past coffee houses and open mics really. So, you know, playing the Hanson show and then going to being on the DC music scene was a big jump but you know really fun and different for me and it just uh I don't know it's just a whole another like nightlife in a way that I had never experienced that I'm not a nightlife kind of person <laughs> but you know when it comes to music I I became one and it was just really fun and it was a weird place to be though um you know in my I think you know I must have been like 22 23 you know you think that those days come during college but I feel like you know, my best days were right after college, just uh, finding myself in music and in teaching. And then, you know, I was getting married that same that same year. I think I opened for Hanson, and then a few months later, I got married. And so it was just a really cool time, you know? Yeah, I, I definitely would say so. <laughs> yeah. Now, when, um, you know, I know that for a while, uh, Will was living somewhere else, and you guys were still making music together, even though he was in a different country. Can you talk about how you guys did that and how that worked? Yeah. Um, so I would say maybe after three years of us being a band, me, Will, and Brian, 
uh, Will got an opportunity to go work in Germany and, you know, we, we that was fine. And we didn't really think anything of it other than we were going to really miss each other because he's, you know, one of my best friends. But I would say what we didn't expect is to be so close, you know, and because of the magic of technology, we were able to talk so much. And I have a weird schedule. So, you know, with the time difference, I would be up at like midnight or something after a soccer game and he would be waking up or walking his dog. And so we would have conversations and he's back now. and We don't have conversations like that anymore. We also both have babies, but it was uh, it was kind of a neat time to discover that we still had music to make and there was a different way to make it. And I really have to credit Will, though, because he is a genius with ideas and creativity and the technology that I would never have reached without him. And so it's really, you know, his pursuit of it that, you know, makes it possible. But what we started doing is I would just send him an acoustic song that I wrote most of the time. You know, I would have lyrics and the guitar all done. And he would send me back his take on it. And he's you know, he likes synthesizers, electronics, even though he's a drummer, he's just, you know, really good at all that stuff. And so he'd send me back kind of a more electronic version. And uh, then, you know, I'd kind of send him back a version that played off of that. And it would kind of morph into this new, beautiful version of the original song. And, you know, sometimes unless you knew that, that it was an acoustic song, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that they were related. Uh, and uh, it became something very special. And so we did two albums like that, and we're super proud of them. And uh, it was a really special time. And now that he's back, we're trying to write an album, and it's it's very different not being so far apart. You, you would think it'd be easier, and, and it's it's not necessarily harder, but it's a different process uh, for sure. And it's we don't have that, like, time in the middle of the night to talk anymore about it uh we can talk in person but it was amazing i think there was a lot of accountability of getting things finished when you don't live close to each other you know you have deadlines that you stick to and right now it's kind of more fluid which is like i said fine it'll be interesting to hear what our music will sound like now that we live like i don't know it takes me five minutes to get to his house <laughs> right now talk a little bit about um you know, I, I'm not a musician, but I, I hear a lot of the times people have a hard time finding a band. What do you think it is about, you know, you and Will, uh, the chemistry you have as bandmates that makes it work? And how does somebody find that if they're a singer-songwriter or a drummer and they're trying to find other people to put into a band? That's a really good question. You know, Will and I, we're, we are very lucky and we're very weird and we always <laughs> talk about how we don't know you know, how anyone else could deal with us. And, you know, we're both married and we're very grateful that our spouses have taken us. But uh, I, I don't know what makes it work. It's, I don't, I, it's something that can't be described, you know, and it's, it's almost like we, we definitely both have a good worth work ethic. I think a lot of the time what a problem is, is if somebody is working hard at the music and the other person isn't really giving their share. And we both tend to really um, hold ourselves accountable to make sure that we are pulling our weight 
in the band and that, you know, everyone feels supported and, and like, you know, like I said, like we're pulling our weight. And I think that's been a big part of our, our partnership continuing is that, you know, we just, we make sure that, you know, we're working together and, and that no one feels left out or burdened. And uh, I don't really know how you go about finding that. I think you just have to know what you want and really communicate it because I think communication is also a really important and hard thing, just like in any relationship. And, uh, you know, it, it often comes up, you know, which is fine that people often think that we are married because they just assume. And, uh, and I just think it's so cool that we aren't no offense, but I just think it's so cool that we can make music, be really good friends and be married to different people and still have that connection. And, and almost like, I, I guess I would describe it as almost a kindred spirit, which might seem kind of like stupid, but I believe in kindred spirits. And I definitely believe, uh, that Will and I are kindred spirits and not only do we connect music wise, but I think we've definitely gotten each other through hard times because of our music, probably, you know, just there's something about music that just lifts you up and having that project. And, you know, there, there's been some hard times in the last couple of years and I really uh, have appreciated his friendship and the music that has come from it. Mm. I like that. And I, I think it's true in any relationship. Like you said, it's, it's not something that you can always describe. It's a feeling, which brings me to your husband, who is also a wonderful person. And one of the things <laughs> that I've, I've seen him, you know, when I've been to your shows and, and you've performed in various things, he is always there in your corner and he's always there cheering you on and he's taking the videos or handing out the CDs or whatever. Can you talk about, you know, the importance of having a spouse or a significant other who supports your creative endeavors, even if, you know, it may not be this big moneymaker or they don't get it, but, but how important is that and how does he do that for you? Oh, I, I think it's super important and I've been very lucky because I, I know not everybody is. Um, and, and Will's wife, she is just as supportive. We've both been so lucky. And I, I, I don't know. He, he's just amazing. He really is an amazing man, amazing husband. And he'll like leave notes. I have this uh, lyric board in my music room. We call it my music room in my basement. And it's a dry erase board and I write lyrics on it. And one day I saw he wrote, never give up in this little corner. And I just, I saved it because I erased everything else as time goes on. But I just thought it was the sweetest thing and such a great reminder. And yeah, he, he doesn't care, you know, about money or like if we, get famous or not of course he just he just cares about me being happy and he really is our biggest fan I get in his truck and most of the time well I would say all the time he has one cd in his car for the past two and a half years and it's been the last cd that Will and I made and it's the only cd he has in there and it's like in you know in the actual cd player so if you turn it on he listens to it really often and uh, it's just so sweet and uh it's been wonderful to have him there to experience big things like Hanson and, and other shows and and to be there to hear the musical process and really care and understand what's going on and and I know he he understands the importance of will and and the music you know on my well-being I suppose you'd say you know you can definitely tell a difference 
when someone's pursuing their passion, I think you you definitely support it. I think his passion is different than mine. His passion is uh, fish tanks and fish. And I remember when he started building this huge fish tank system, I was a little weary of, you know, the money and stuff. And he said to me, you know how you feel about music? That's how I feel about fish. And I was like, whoa, I totally understand now, you know, but, uh, you know, that's how we work for each other. He has his passions and I have mine and we're able to see that what it does for one another to have that in your life, you know, no matter what it is, whether it's fish or music or dancing. I love it. I love it. Now you're about to have your (laughs) second baby and I'm curious, you know, now that you're a mom and now that you'll be a mom of two, how do you make the time to do something that you know makes you happy, you're super passionate about, like you know you have to do music, but now you also have your other Mm -hmm. job and your husband and your two kids uh, soon. How do you manage that? How do you make that all work? It is really hard. I will not lie. Um, Someone told me once that you had to like, when you have free time as a mom, you have to pick one thing you pick fitness or like your music or eating or like friends or you know there's a couple of options but it's so true because I have this block of time it's usually on Sundays and it's you know either I was playing soccer or I was going to band practice or I was trying to do both and it was like there wasn't enough time to do both and I have to choose one thing and you know I don't have to but I think I'm definitely a mom guilt kind of person. I don't like being away from my daughter for very long. So I do it to myself. My husband's great about watching her, but you know, I feel guilty and that's on me. But uh, it's definitely hard to find time to do it because, you know, Lilo, that's my daughter, um, when I play guitar, she doesn't always like it. Sometimes I'll start singing and she'll be like, no. And, and I'll try to keep singing and she'll just keep saying no. And it's really funny, but <laughs> she doesn't let me sing sometimes. So, you know, I definitely don't know how I've managed to write as many songs as I have. I, I think it's just, you know, when the, you can't, for me, I can't force a song out of me. Some people can, they like sit down and write a song every day. And, and, you know, that's probably what they see a true songwriter is. But for me, I just have to wait for it to come and, you know, when it's here, it's here. And when it's not, it's definitely not. But I think putting aside the time on the weekend to, I go to Will's house and that's been really helpful because, you know, I think leaving my house and being in a different environment and having his support and uh, definitely the ideas and creativity he comes up with has definitely helped my songwriting post-baby And I think he'd say the same thing that, you know, just having a block of time on the weekend, even if just like once a week to even try, like sometimes we don't get anything done, but at least we tried. And, and I think that's good enough. I always come home feeling really happy, you know, that I've done some kind of music in my life for the week. Um, But uh, with two kids, I don't know. I assume we're going to do do the same thing. I'm also really like secretly crossing my fingers that the second kid is a little more mellow. <laughs> Not that I don't like my kid, but she's, she's just crazy. Like she stays up till midnight. We can't figure out a pattern of her sleeping, which is fine because, you know, I'm a weird sleeper too. But, um, 
you know, it will depend on how he acts. We'll see. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I guess that's true. Every kid is very different, so. Right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, but lately, um, she's been liking the piano. So we go into the music room a lot, and she just sits down at the piano, and she wants me to sit with her. And she's been loving to, like, sing in the microphones, and she loves to play the drums. So, you know, maybe I'll I'll get around to writing some new songs sometime soon with her help. Who knows? <laughs> that would be cute. Have her in the background doing some backup vocals, right? Yeah, I really think she seems to really love the piano, too. Like I said, I don't know. I, I'm a self-taught pianist. I can only really play, you know, I'll write a song using the piano, but I can't tell you what notes I'm playing. You know, it just, I can play that song. <laughs> and But I think that, you know, maybe she'll get lessons someday and she'll really like it. I think it'd be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So can you describe a little bit, like I said, I've heard you play and it's been a while. I don't know how your style has changed, but how would you describe mm -hmm. your band or your singing style? <laughs> well, I would say by myself, it's more folky. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe a little more acoustic rock sometimes. And then when we had our first band, me, Will, and Brian, we were you know, like an alternative rock band. Um, and I was, my vocals were definitely a lot more. So I got compared to Janis Joplin once. Not that I feel like that's deserving, but, you know, just more of a raw, rocking vocal. I can't do that anymore. I think I, like, have to practice it to get there. And, and ever since we stopped playing as that band, I, I turned to more folky, uh, light, prettier singing, which is probably what you heard more of when you saw me. And uh, now with Will, our band is completely different. We, it's a lot more electronic, uh, a lot more atmospheric. And mm, my vocals, they're probably a mixture of the two. And I mean, I still think we're alternative, but there's definitely no set genre, just one genre that we'd fit into. But, uh, you know, when we perform, it's very different than when we used to perform because we writ we wrote this album when we were, you know, across the ocean from each other. And so when we came back together and we booked a show, we were like, oh, how are we going to perform this? Because on the album, it's just like all these fantastical sounds, all these different instruments, all these different effects, uh, you know, things that you can't necessarily do live. So like I said, again, Will is, is a genius and he came up with a setup. And so we both have a keyboard on either side of a table and there's a computer in the middle and there's all these hookups. So like sometimes we both play guitar and the guitars can have effects on them or, you know, we have microphones and there's a, a sheet in front of the table because there's visuals because Will really is into the audio visual stuff. So we have, you know, visuals to go with the audio and it, the visuals are manipulated by the audio. So sometimes if Will plays a certain note on his guitar, it can change what the visuals are doing. But anyways, so we both have these keyboards and they have different sounds and different instruments on them. And, you know, there's drums on them that you can loop and, just all these different things for every song you know you have to program it and of course you know sometimes you know fault of uh technology sometimes it goes wrong but hopefully and mostly it goes right more than wrong 
but so our, our style has definitely changed in that way. Like we did a show the other day and I didn't play any guitar, which is very strange to me because I played keyboard and I'm not a keyboard person. You know, I learn what I have to learn, but I'm not a pianist. Uh, I'm a guitar player more than that. And so, you know, it's just a different kind of performing and a different kind of music, but I really like doing something different and uh, evolving. I think it's what a lot of great bands do. You know, I look to people like Radiohead as, as a, you know, maybe a weird band to to mention, but I just always feel like they really evolved into something. And, and you know, I, I don't ever compare their albums like this is better than this. I just think they're all such different you know, works of art. There's like one that's more acoustic and then one that's more electronic and just everything is its own special thing. And and that's what I really love about what I've been doing with music is that nothing's ever the same. It's always different. Yeah. And I think that's neat to to hear you guys evolving kind of with, you know, instead of saying, okay, this is what I've always done. You know, you're using the technology, mm-hmm. you're trying new things, which, you know, that's a true artist always kind of changing, which is great to hear. Um, right. For people that maybe used to be uh, a musician or always kind of liked music, but were told, you know, oh, that's stupid or don't do it or put it to the side. What kind of advice would you give to them uh, in order to kind of pick it back up again and the importance of having it in their lives? Well... You know, I think I've talked to you once about this, about, you know, negative comments being made. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but I had a review maybe like three years ago or something. And somebody said, like, my warbling, like, would have broken glass and, like, hurt her ears, uh, like, you know, commenting on my singing. And, and it really, really bothered me. And I felt very, very upset. And I didn't do music, you know, not for, I didn't stop for like years, but like I definitely wasn't into it for a while because I felt really embarrassed and really upset and and uh, just didn't like putting myself out there and someone saying that because, you know, you can you can critique someone's music and say you don't like their music, but to like say like you don't like that my voice was that terrible, was, you know, I can't change my voice, like you know, God given. and And so that really... Um, did something to me but I would say I don't know really I think you know like just working with Will and and remembering what it felt like to be passionate about something and putting maybe those feelings into my music was really rewarding and uh, I can't tell you how many times and maybe this is like I don't know an egotistical thing to say but I don't mean it that way but I can't tell you how many times people come up to me and say, I love your voice. Your voice is beautiful. Uh, it's my favorite voice. And I, I hear that a lot. And I always want to say to them, you know, that, that means, and I do tell them it means a lot, but, you know, to know where I came from a few years ago and how I felt with that one comment and for all of the, these people to say what they say and, and it just means so much. And it just goes to show you that, you know, there's always going to be somebody who's going to say something negative and you know who knows why maybe they felt that way maybe they just liked the showiness of it in an article but um you know if you if you stick to what you're doing and you put your emotion and your passion into it people definitely respond to that and and there's one song that I wrote and 
is, you know, kind of a sad song. Uh, you know, it's sad, but uplifting at the same time. And uh, I have a part where I have the audience sing. And over the past years, it's just been so cool because some people remember what to sing. And that's probably been one of my favorite parts of, of performing is just that song and hearing the audience sing those things. And somebody came up to me and said, like, you sang what I was feeling. And, you know, if you don't take the negative feelings that you have or, you know, the feelings of giving up and if you don't take those and put them into something productive, you, you'll never know what they can do. Like, I, I really feel like sometimes I've changed someone's night or a week or like maybe their life by changing, like by hearing this song. And uh, I think if someone was feeling down, I would try to remind them that. And I know I, I tell Will that all the time whenever, you know, we always have moments of self-doubt. I think everybody does. But we always come back to the same thing. Like, even if all these people don't hear our music, if just one person hears our music and it does something for them, you know, if it if it moves them, if it inspires them, if it changes them, then that's what it's about. You know, it could be just one person in the world. And that's rewarding enough. And and so, like, I guess getting back to what you said, if I if I met somebody or I was trying to give advice to someone who put their music aside, I would, you know, tell them to pursue it, the passion and the things that makes them feel good and, and to know that you don't have to be super famous and, and reach, like I said, a million people. It's just about one person or you could be the only person to hear the music, but I think that would even be effective enough as it is. Yeah, I totally agree. And that was all beautifully said. I think, um, like I was saying earlier, so many people think they have to be famous and have millions of people know who they are to make a difference. But sometimes right. it's one or two people um, that make a difference. And even like you said, you know, uh, even in your own small little family, like you and Will make a difference for each other because it makes you happy, which in turn means you go home and you're happier with your spouse and with your kids. Um, and that makes definitely. a difference as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So now where can people find out more about you and your music? Do you have a website or social media or SoundCloud where they can listen to your stuff and find out about your shows? Yeah, uh, we have a website. Uh, it's, it's just walloftrophies.com. And from there, you can probably find all our things because we have Instagram. Our handle is just Wall of Trophies. Facebook, it's just Wall of Trophies. Uh, you know, pretty simple stuff. We have a SoundCloud too. I don't know if it's under Wall of Trophies, but I think you can get there from our just mean.com website. And, uh, but, you know, I will say that we probably won't be doing many more shows uh, at this time um, because of the baby. We did a show the other day, and you can probably tell in this interview, I'm like a little out of breath, no matter, you know, I'm sitting now, but I'm still out of breath because talking and singing is a little harder. But um, hopefully we'll be doing some shows uh, at some point in the future, maybe in the springtime. Yeah. So the last question I ask all my guests is, what is one word or quote or mantra that you try to live by every single day? Oh, whoa. That's a hard one, Carrie. <laughs> it could be a, maybe a song lyric for you as well. Right. Whoa. I don't know. You know, I, I start to think, I can't think of like a, a one thing, but I start to think Jim Henson, whatever Jim Henson says, 
I, I love Jim Henson or, you know, I think he was great, you know, Muppet creator. Um, everything he said was so wise and so perfect. Um, there's this one thing he says about like a, a friend. No, <laughs> I'm going to say this so wrong. It's like a good friend is just somebody you haven't met yet or something like that. I don't know, but you look it up, Google it. It's a really sweet quote, and I should know it by heart, but um, I guess, like, every day, I like to approach it as being, like, friendly and smiley, and um, so, I don't know, I, I think I think back on that quote and anything he says, which has nothing to do with music, necessarily, but uh, just an attitude of of being kind and, uh, and sharing your passion. I mean, I definitely am inspired by your personality carry because you definitely attack every day that way you're always very friendly very outgoing ready to be positive and I feel like you definitely are connecting with people in a way that most people don't take the time to do and uh, that's what I really love about you because it shows and and you definitely touch everybody who comes into your life and vice versa in that way and just a positive way which I know I like totally turned this around to be about you but I really mean that <laughs> well thank you that's very sweet of you and I think you know uh it's you know you can feel your friendly and positive nature as you're talking about stuff and I really love um you know hearing you talk about music in a way that's just about you know making you feel good and making you happy and that it's not so much about for everyone else but simply for you and then as other mm -hmm. people hear it, that's just an extra bonus. And I, I think that that's really great to hear. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's, it's really cool. I feel very blessed to, to be able to do music at all. You know, when I was little and I thought about what I was going to do with my life, you know, you hope and you have these dreams, but you know, I have, I have albums and, you know, although, like I said, not everyone in the world hears them, I have albums and I've been to studios and, you know, I met Hanson and like all these things just like, you know, in my own personal book of life, it's just, you know, I look at it and I think, wow, that's just so cool that I, I did these things, you know, no one else might know about them, but I did them and that's what I wanted to do. And that's what makes you an extraordinary person. It's, you know, it's what the show is all about, just finding everyday people doing great stuff. And a lot of it is just taking a risk. You know, you were like, well, let me just enter this contest or let me just try and put an album out. And it's brought you just great success and happiness. And, and that's really, really wonderful to see, Brittany. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Brittany. And uh, I look forward to hearing your new music and hearing more about your new baby when he comes. Oh, thank you. Yes, new music is definitely on the way. Who knows when, though? Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would greatly appreciate a review over on iTunes. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, be sure to message me over on Instagram at Kerry, K-E-R-I dot N dot Roberts. Remember that each of us has something that makes us great. So go out there and show the world what makes you extraordinary. <laughs>